Praise the Lord tonight. Welcome to church and Bible study for this evening. We give God all the praise and all the glory for another wonderful opportunity we have again to continue in our study of the word of God. As our custom is, we will start out with a word of prayer. Father, we come again tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before your presence, before your throne, as we gather together around your table to hear your voice, to hear your truth, thou may lay hold on your victory and lay hold on your strength. We praise you, Lord, because all things are working together for our good because we love you and we are called according to your purpose. We praise you, Lord, tonight that you will speak to us and will hear your words in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus to the Bible study for today. And as we start tonight, I want to enjoin us to turn our Bibles to the book of Ephesians. And thank God after this time, I've come to, to be acquainted with the, 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 the book of Ephesians. I no longer mix up Romans as Ephesians because we've been on Ephesians for a while. All praise to God. We stopped, um, or we began chapter two um, in our last class. And by now, I believe that every one of us will have actually read through Ephesians. Um, but for the sake of studying the word of God, we will do one thing tonight. We will read through together Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1 to the end. But in reading it from verse 1 to the end, we might be tempted to read chapter 3 also because it's a continuum. Uh, but we will read from chapter 2 to the end this evening. And I want us to turn in our Bibles, everyone, as we read together the word of God. I read from the King James Version. You can read from whatever version you have. They're all the word of God. Chapter 2 has 22 verses, and we're going to read through them in a few minutes. I read, 
And you had he quickened, read with me along, who were dead in trespass and sins. Wherein in time past ye worked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the loss of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others but god who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins had quickened us together with christ by grace ye are saved and had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might shew the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace, are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should work in them wherefore remember that ye being in time past gentiles in the flesh who are called on circumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands that all that at that time ye were without christ being aliens from the commonwealth of israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. Verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who had made both one and had broken down the middle wall of partition between us having abolished in his flesh the enmity even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man so making peace verse 16 and that he might reconcile both unto god in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them which were near. Wow. For through him we both have access by one spirit 
unto the Father. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief corner stone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye, in whom you also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. May the Lord bless the hearing and the reading of the Holy Scriptures in our ears and in our hearts, in Jesus' name. Now, this is quite an interesting read of the letter of the Apostle Paul to the Ephesian church. Now, remember, in studying the Bible, context is all. Context matters. You can see that the Apostle Paul but the spirit is striving in this letter to establish the fact that there are two people here in contention, the circumcision and the uncircumcision. And something is divided or something divided them in times past. And that thing is called the middle wall of partition. And so there was hostility, there was enmity, but Jesus came to slay it. Someone say amen tonight. But the people in question didn't know that this is what has been accomplished in the spirit. Though they are seeing the physical evidence to certain degree of understanding. But because they couldn't see this in the spirit, they were engaged in internal squabbles, internal wrangling. Um, they were in context of superiority. Who is, who is more preferred than the other? Who does God love most? Amen. And so, because they were focusing on these things, they were leaving the, the, the assignment that they ought to be doing undone. How do we know that? Paul wrote the same thought to the church in Corinth. If you can tonight, talk with me your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians 3. Now, I, I'm saying this to us to let us know that wherever human beings gather, Satan always wants to take advantage of human frailties, of the human idiosyncrasy. You know, human beings always will want themselves to be, to be preferred. It said in Romans to so the church in Rome, chapter 12, verse 3, let no one of you think of himself more highly than he 
odd because the tendency of man that Satan knows well is that man by nature in the old form is selfish, self-centered, egocentric. You know, you know, you know, he's self-preservating. He loves self. He, he wants to guard. He wants to be in the forefront. Man wants to take the preeminence. That's why Christ gave the parable. He said, when you come to a gathering, don't go straight up to the, to the, to the head of the table. Lest someone else who is more important than you comes, and the host of the meeting will ask you to go and stay at the back. Because the human nature is like that. And so we must understand that Satan understands this. So he, he, he spoke. He, 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 you know, like we were, when he stopped the fire. He said, he, 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 I don't know what to use now. He, 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 will, he, will, he will tickle that aspect of the flesh so that there's disharmony within the body. So that there's, 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 there's less attention to him and there's more attention to internal struggle. That's the reason Paul was interested in, in, in Galatians 5, from verse 15, he says, be careful that you don't want devour one another. Once you do that, you lose attention of the assignment. First Corinthians 3, 1, and this is the position of the early church, and, and, and I can show you, is the position of every place where men congregate. I read from verse 1 of Ephesians chapter number 3. And I, brethren, sorry, First Corinthians 3, I, brethren, could not, wow, could not. That means there are things we can never do when we give preeminence to things that separate. Amen. When we don't understand the mystery of God, we don't understand the unity of the spirit. Amen. That's why Paul kept saying in the next verses, he says, maintain, endeavor to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. For it's only when we are united in the spirit by whom, through whom also, we're all bothered to God the Father by the same spirit. We're meant to dream into the Father by the same spirit. We need to be united and be with one accord for the work of God to progress. So if they call for understanding, and, and, and I will show us a pattern tonight. Let's just go on. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Hallelujah. That means it's babes or carnal people, people who give so much attention to flesh. They are not, they are not good wood. You know, it's like someone cooking and he's using wet wood. It smokes. No true mother uses wet wood to cook in the, in the times when our, our parents use wood. They get the firewood and cut it and split it into little pieces and allow it to work, to dry. The process of splitting and allowing to dry is a process of maturity in the faith because it's the dry wood that brings forth the appropriate fire and that will produce the right coal. So they meant tonight. So there's a tendency for a church to be carnal. And Paul was writing to an entire church. 
even though in chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, it says, this same church, they, they, they come behind in no gift. That's the reason it's important for us to teach all the counsel of God. You know, right now we are teaching eschatology. And really every Sunday is a sober Sunday. There's no, oh, there's no, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, there's no gyration in that sense. The teaching puts us in, in perspective. It, it, it makes us to be sober. It, it makes us to reflect on God and the end times and the assignment of God. Now, that is good, but guess what? That is not all that, it, that, it, that there is in the faith. There are other teachings that God will give us to balance this, amen. Because we, we cannot all be sober till Christ comes. No, there's a place for rejoicing, a place for the spirit, a place for, 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 for you know, for, 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 over a church, over a second. All these things have their places, but they must all be done in their proportion. Amen tonight. First Corinthians 1, verse 6 and 7. Let's turn that way. Let me show you this same church. Verse, verse 5 says, in fact, from verse 4, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. Verse 5. That in how many things? All things ye award and reach by him in all offerings. Now, the word offerings then is the word gifts because that word offerings was, was further clarified by the next verse. That means the church in Corinth were really giving to the things of the spirit. They allowed, in fact, they were so much involved in it that Paul had to write to this church to help them, you know, navigate and, and regulate how these gifts were what to be used in the church setting. They were so involved with it, which is good. But guess what? Just working in the gift of the spirit will not mature the church. And that a person is operating in a gift of the spirit does not mean he's mature. So the church must not be based only on an aspect or one area of truth. We must be grounded in how many truths? All the truth. Our boss said, For I have not refrained from declaring to you all the counsel, all the truth of God. So you must be open to every truth of God. Jesus cast out devils, so we are also commanded so to do. It says in Mark 16, 15, go ye therefore the whole world and do what? And, 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 and preach to all creatures. He that believes and is baptized shall what? Say, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, first, they will do what? They will cast out devils. But guess what? That's not all the reach to the faith. If we stay only in an area, we'll, we'll, we'll grow up in balanced believers. So the church in Corinth, follow me this evening, were enriched in all offerings, in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Seven, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse three, chapter three, verse, verse one says, yet. I cannot speak to you as spiritual because you are carnal. Now, what are the things that make them carnal or 
What things makes a believer carnal? Should we see them? Let's see tonight. Now, these are the things that makes a believer to be a carnal Christian who walks in the flesh and he remains a baby. No matter how old you are, if these things are still manifested in your life, you are yet carnal, you are yet a baby. Let's go on. Verse 2, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able, even though they are walking in the gift of the spirit. That means they don't want to hear the truth. Praise God. Leave us with this. We, we enjoy this, this, this spiritual things, which is an aspect. But there are more to it. I, I'm going to feed with meat, but you, you, you are remaining in this level. Let's see verse 3. What are the things God mentioned? He said, for ye are yet carnal. Why? For whereas there's among you, what? Envy. So envy is a sign that you are still a baby. No matter what you do. Wow. Now, remember the context of Ephesians. There was envy between the Jews and what? The Gentiles. Paul is saying, no, get over that. This is for babies. There's, there's, there's more meat, in fact. Beyond milk, there's meat. Beyond meat, there's bone. Beyond bone, there's strong bone. So there's much more for us to grasp in the spirit that we must get over this very, very quickly. Because there's something else deeper. It says, for there's anything among you, next, next thing, and strive. That means wherever there's envy, there will be strive. Wherever there's envy, there'll be, there'll be, there'll be, there'll be, there'll be strive. Wherever there is strife, there will be what? Divisions, factions, cliques, fraternity within the church. And once this happens, Satan is holding his way. He says we must, be, we must be mindful and not be ignorant of the devices of Satan. Why? He is looking in the shadow, looking for what church to devour. Because if, if he can stop them from, from being united, from, from growing the fruit of the spirit, then he stops them from growing fully spiritually. There's, there's division. Are you not carnal? So the definition of carnality and, and being a baby believer is anyone that works in what? In envy in strife and fosters division. Now, this is the, 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 the church in Corinth. You will think that the church in Galatia will be a little more different because they are mature. No, you find this same thing. Paul said in, in Galatians 5, he says, be careful among yourselves to love. For the fruit, I mean, for the for the for the for the works of the flesh are manifest. So he was telling them so they can see which one of the other flesh is what is in operation in their life. Because if it were not possible, he would have written to them, talking about that to Galatians 5, to see if there's a tallying with what he said to, to church in Corinth. Amen. Tonight. Galatians 5, we read from verse from verse from verse 13. You know, this Bible study. So we are looking at the church because the church is made up of people, the people of God, the people that God says we are his workmanship. 
For it says through us, Ephesians 2, verse 10 and 2, verse 7, it says that in the ages to come, he might show forth. Yet, there are many things we have to deliberately walk on in our lives and kill. For that which God has called us to come to fruition. Paul put it this way, in verse 3, verse 13, he says, he says that I might apprehend the purpose for which Christ has what apprehended me means that I might come to the full stature of the of the plan of God for my life. He said in Romans 8, 29, he said, for those whom he has called, he also has predestinated to be conformed, to be conformed, to be conformed, to be like the image, the replica, the likeness of Christ. So that it can be said of us, as he is, so are we in this world. Wow. Galatians 5. Now, I'm saying this so that you can see why sometimes these tendencies we refuse to go. They are difficult things, but the more we expose them by the word, the more we gain victory over them. They're there. This is our old conversation, our old life. You know, it's difficult to leave things you mastered to start new things. From verse 13, for brethren, Galatians 5, 13, ye have been called unto what? Liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. See the word flesh? That means in the New Testament, the flesh is a problem. Paul kept saying flesh. Every epistle, he combated the flesh. Our flesh is a major challenge. It's in the flesh there's envy. It's in the flesh there's strife. It's in the flesh that there's, 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 there's division. In the flesh there's witchcraft. It's in the flesh there's gossip. It's in the flesh there's variance. It's the flesh is emulation. In the flesh, every evil thing is in the flesh. And we have the flesh. Wow. And Satan knows that the flesh is there. And therefore, he seeks to take advantage of the weakness of what? The flesh. So that we would not fulfill the will of God. But as we understand this and pull it down, we can truly focus. Remember I said that the main reason Paul wrote that letter to Ephesus is found in Ephesians 6 from verse 10. When he says, finally, my brethren, this is where I'm going to. I'm revealing to you that Satan is trying to divide you so you don't know he's the one that we also put first together to defeat. Let's go on. Verse, verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, Take heed that ye be not consumed one another. So the question of, of, of people, you know, in churches, you find after service, during service, they are, they are, they are, it is time to, to discuss what happened, what's what you know, who offended you, what you saw you don't like. You know, you don't know. Those things should not find place in our midst. Listen, don't harbor anyone that wants to talk about somebody else to you. 
don't give room at all. Babu says, remove the wood from the fire and the fire will, what? will cease. The reason there's fire is because there's wood. Be not the wood. Don't supply to Satan, but supply in the spirit. Supply in the spirit. Let's go on 16. This, I say then, walk in the spirit. Episode say walk in the spirit. Now you see this in the last verse of this scripture. He said, for if we live in the spirit, then let's also work in the spirit. For that's where the true victory of God is. So let our focus be more about working in the light of the word. Hallelujah. Listen, the greatest commandment in the Bible is love. Loving God and loving the brethren. And when love reigns, there is nothing we can do for the brethren and the church. And this is key for the growth of the church. If the church at Oba will grow and thrive, it will only grow and thrive where love reigns. And if love is going to reign, it will reign from every one of us. And guess what? Every one of us has enough dosage of God's love. Romans 5 verse 5. For hope maketh not ashamed, for the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And the way to express true love is by praying one for another. Whoever you pray for, you will not, you will not speak ill of. It will be hard to speak ill of someone you are praying for, someone that is always in your prayer list, someone you are you are you are you are you are you are you are, you are constantly listening up to God for God to intervene and bless and strength and support. You can't speak ill of them really when you pray. Amen. Tonight, let's go on this evening. Very very important because because the same way this church, you can see the pattern. The same thing we find. In the church in Corinth, you find it in Ephesus, you find it in Colossae, you find it in everywhere. So there's this tendency is always there, but we are the one that will consciously kill it. And how do we? We have the way in scriptures. And so let's go on in verse 16. Okay, 17. For the flesh, wow, lusted after the spirit or against and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to another, so that ye cannot do the things ye would. But if ye are led of the spirit, you are not under the law, the law of the flesh. Verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. They are this one. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, or manipulation. That's witchcraft. Or disobedience. Amen. He said, he said hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. That means there are more of this. In fact, how do we know? That means what he has mentioned here is applicable to the church in Corinth because such that will include divisions, factions. Amen tonight. So we must be 
We must be mindful that these tendencies will destroy the vine. It says, take away, oh God, the little foxes, the word that destroys the vine. The vine is tender. It's bringing up, you know, you know, you know, you know, new, new birds, new things are growing, new grace is coming, new, new vision is coming. And therefore, the only way which those things can be truncated is when the foxes are not taken care of. And let no fox arise from you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah tonight. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's love. Let's, let's stay together. And this is what Paul is saying here. Now come back with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Remember at the beginning, as a context. What's the context? The same thing we find within the brethren. It says, you, the circumcised, you are fighting the uncircumcised. But Jesus Christ has broken it down. So don't let these things distract you. Now, let's come this evening to verse by verse analysis. And you had the quicken who were dead in trespass and sins. Now, why did Paul use these two words? Trespass and sins. Now, I explain to you shortly why. But before I go on tonight, there are certain words in the Bible that describes sin. Now, sin is the general term that the Bible uses when men go against the law of God. In fact, the word sin is the word amatia. It means to miss the mark. That's sin. Sin means missing the mark. What happened to Abel? Abel missed the mark. He missed the mark of God. He missed the signpost of God. He, 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 he missed the, the instruction of God and he went to do something else contrary to what God has said. Now, before I come to the word sins and trespass and show you why it's important, let me show you this evening the words the Bible used to, dis to describe activities that contravenes the word of God. Now, the first one is the word trespass. And trespass is a Greek word, no matter the Greek word, paratona. And it means a falling aside. Please hear carefully. A falling aside. Now, the word defined trespass. Before we go to that word, let's see in our Bibles, Psalm 32, verse 5. Psalm 32, verse 5. Some asked, Pastor, I've heard the word trespass, sin. What is it together? But let's see together. We'll, we'll try and check it out this evening. Psalm 32, we read verse 5. The psalmist writing, he said, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. Wow. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgivest the iniquity of my sin. Wow. You see, in this one verse, the word sin, iniquity, and what? Transgression appears in the same verse. Now, contextually, all he's saying is he has missed the mark of God. 
But those words have definite application that leads to a definite kind of sin. So the word trespass means a falling aside when you should hold on, when you should have stood your ground. It means a deviation from the truth. Someone who crosses the line or a fence is said to have what? Trespass. That means before a man can trespass, he will have known the boundary. You cannot trespass or commit trespass without knowing first what the rule is, what the fence is. So the child is to walk into someone else's territory in violation of the person's privacy. Now, here's the danger. A trespass can be intentional or unintentional. Now, this is important because when we get a transgression, we will see something different there. Now, when Peter denied the Lord Jesus, it was a transgression. You know why? He had been told that this will be done. Therefore, make sure you are sending not. But in the midst of the temptation, he missed the mark. He trespassed against the word of the Lord. So when said here, trespass, it means the sin of one crossing the line or a fence or a deviation from a path you know is right. It can be intentional or what? Unintentional. So every time you break God's law, God speaks a word to you. you. You see in the word of God, you know it's wrong. And you go ahead to infringe on that word. What you have done is a sin. What is called the sin of what? Of trespass. It's just holy in our hands. So we can understand why Paul used the word. And you who were dead in what? trespass and sin. So you will know that he's speaking to two sets of people. So no one thinks that he's without sin. Yes, your sin might be discoloration and that, but both of it are against the, 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 the will of God. Therefore, no one should boast or think of himself beyond the other. Rather, come together on the base of what Christ has done, that you might face the common enemy which is Satan himself. Now, the second word is the word sins. Now, sins is the word hamachia, and it means a falling or a failing to hit the mark or missing the mark as regards moral cause or discourse. It can be a sin in thought, in word, or deed. So sin means to, to, to miss the mark. To fail to hit the mark, to fail to do the right thing as God has prescribed it. You see that? So sin is the generic term to describe every action of, of any human being that contradicts and contravenes the law and the wishes of God. Now, let's look at the word transgression quickly. 
Transgression is to intentionally, that's why trespass can be intentional and sometimes unintentional. But transgression is to intentionally sin, to be presumptuous, to intentionally disobey the word of God. When you find people say, I don't care the consequence, I will do it and I will repent later. When men come to that point in their lives, it is a scene of transgression. You know that what you're doing is wrong. Now, in this case, you can't transgress unintentionally. Sorry, yeah. You can't transgress unintentionally, but you can trespass unintentionally. You see that? For instance, Samson. Samson was a Nazarite. He knew the laws of the Nazarenes. That one, they must not come near a dead lion. Two, their head must not be cut. Now, tell me about this evening. So, Numbers chapter six, everybody. Numbers six. Now, all, all I'm doing this is to establish the fact that there's a difference between sin and what? Trans, uh, and trespass as, as regards the, the, this right of our Apostle Paul to the Ephesian church. Put in Numbers chapter 6. Turn there, turn there. Praise God. Get, get engaged. Let the open of scripture engage you tonight. Numbers chapter 6, everybody. We'll read from verse, from verse 1 of number 6. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, when, when either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of what? A Nazarite to separate themselves unto the Lord. He shall separate himself from wine and what? Strong drink and shall drink no vinegar of wine or vinegar of strong drink. Neither shall he drink any liquor or grapes, nor eat moist grapes or dry. All the days of his separation shall he eat nothing that is made of the vine tree from the kennels even to the horse, and all the days of his vow of separation, there shall no razor come upon his head until the days are fulfilled, in the which he, he separated himself to the Lord. He shall be holy and shall let the locks, the locks of the head of his head to grow. Now, this is the defined, established protocol of what the Nazarite. And guess what? God never forced anyone to be Nazarite. It's a vow people take. And for those that God has a spirit called unto, it calls them to what? To be, to be what? Nazarite unto him. Now, mark that scripture. Let's look at Judges 14. Judges 14. Joshua, Judges. Judges 14. we we'll read from verse 8. In fact, just two verses, verse 8 and 9. And after a time, he returned to take her. And he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands and went on eating and came to his father and mother and he gave them. And they did eat. But he, but he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. Why? Part of the, of the law of a Nazarene is that they don't touch the carcass of what? Of the lion. Hallelujah. Talk me in your Bible to Judges 16, verse 17. 
17, 16, 17, that he told her of all his heart and said to her, there had not come a razor. Now, you can see that he knew the law, but because of what he wanted, as against the word of God, he intentionally told her that the only way by which I can be defeated is when a razor comes on my head. At that point, Samson transgressed against the law of the Lord. So when we knowingly run a stop sign, you see that? You are, you are, you are driving on the road. You know that to run the stop sign is against the law. But you look right, you look left, there's, there's simply nobody around. You run. What, what have you done? You have transgressed. So when you are confessing to God, don't say, Lord, forgive me. I say, yeah, Lord, forgive me what? My transgression of running the traffic life. Because you know about the word. God bears witness with your spirit. Yet you go ahead. But find God for God's mercy. In that transgression, in that trespass, in that sin or iniquity, the Lord forgives all. Well, let's go on tonight. So how do we fall in the sin of transgression? Let's see. When we tell a lie deliberately, when we blatantly disregard authority or government or your pastor or the church or your father or your mother or your husband or your wife, amen. And so we must come to a point where we understand how to distinguish between this Things that we do against the Lord. So Samson transgressed because he knows what the will of God is yet. He went against it. Now, the fourth thing here is iniquity. Now, iniquity also is sin. But in this case, it is premeditated. You take time to work on it. Amen. When you take your time to plot something and you execute it against the word of God, it's not something you do by accident. It's a thing that takes time to build. Amen tonight. And when we walk in iniquity, it becomes a thing that clings to us that we 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 are almost unable, as it were, to break away. No, I said Hebrews. It says the sin that does easily beset. But here we think, premeditate above it and act on it. For instance, David. David did not just kill Uriah. How did? The sin of mother come about because he desired his wife. When kings were to be in war, he was at home. And for, for that reason, we know King David was a king, a man of war. He lost no battle. What he was being at home at that time, nobody knows. And then he was lounging on the lounge. And he saw a woman bathing. And he has plenty of women. See, this that is wicked. In those days, he, he can marry plenty of women. He has plenty. Yet, 
Uriah had only one wife. Wow. See how iniquity takes time to plan and how vicious and wicked it is. And David said, go get me the woman. And they said, ah, she's Bathsheba, the wife of your servant, my lord, the king, Uriah, the small warrior, the small soldier. He says, I will get her by all costs. And now he knows that it is wrong for the king to do that without the husband being dead. Because he understood the laws of God. And so he said, after he had a relationship with her, take him to the war front. He gave a note to, to, to Joab, the general. He said, Joab, advance to the very point where, where he can be killed and withdraw and command him to remain and fight. How? Actually, he made that man. David killed him. But see, how do we know that? In 2 Samuel and in Psalm 51, we find this story. When David began to pray, let's turn the Bible to Psalm 51, when he began to pray about the act of what he had done. And see what he called it, Psalm 51 and verse 1 and 2. Hallelujah. Psalm 51, verse 1 and 2. Now remember that Nathan came to him, the prophet Nathan, and said, and he gave me a parable. But there's a man that has one vineyard given to him by his father. And there's another man that has plenty. But he wanted that singular one of that one man. Will it be just for the man to seek that one? He says, no, let the man that does that be killed. And he knows the consequence of the sin is what is dead. And he says, oh, king, you are the one. For the Lord has seen your heart. You have killed Uriah. My servant. And then David began to repent as he penned down this psalm. Let's see what he said in Psalm 1. Psalm 51, verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to the word, loving kindness. According unto the multitude of my of the, of the tender mercies, blot out my word, my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. You see that? So in one breath, he committed both transgression and iniquity. It is the premeditated murdering of Uriah that's what the iniquity. The fornication with Bathsheba is what transgression, because he knew all these things were, were was wrong. So he went ahead and planned to kill. Now, God is sent to us, there are differences in these things, but they are all sins. Now, this is not for us now go around and say, well, um, my, my, my own is not iniquity. My own is, is just simple translation. Therefore, it's not. No, 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 no. This is not a reason. It's just for us to understand the, the differences in how these things manifest and how they operate. God forgives iniquity. He forgives trespass. He forgives sins. And he forgives transgression. But we are called of God not to allow ourselves to be trapped like this. For in looking at scriptures, you'll be amazed how men fell into transgressions, into trespass and iniquity. Take for instance, the sons of Eli, the sons of Samuel, they were fornicating 
within the temple. They were stealing the, the, the funds of God. They were stealing the meat of God. And these were men who ought to guard the sacredness of the temple. So it shows us that no one is exempted. We have to watch ourselves and be very, very careful. The only sin that God cannot forgive is the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. I'll assure you, it will be hard for you as a believer to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. Amen this evening. So, these are the thoughts. But now, let's look at this quick, quickly. Why did he say, you who were dead in sin and trespass? Because to the Gentiles, they fell in sin. But to the Jews, theirs is a trespass. Because they have known the laws of God, yet they are obeying it. It leads to their what? Condemnation. To the Gentiles, they didn't know the law, but by nature, they were they are infringing on the word of God. They are serving the creature rather than the word, the creator. They have missed the mark. For the Jews, they understood all this, yet they are breaking it. It leads to what? They are being dead. For the Gentiles, they too are not adorated. They also, even though not knowing the law, they are also infringing on the word of God and therefore they also are all condemned. So by this point, he's saying, all have sinned. All have sinned. So let the Jews not think they are without sin. Let them not feel that to them is giving the law, the oracle, the prophets, even Christ himself. Yeah, but giving those things does not make you righteous is the fulfilling of the word of God that makes a man righteous. Now tonight, what does this teach us? No one is justified before the law. And that's why never be quick to condemn anyone. I repeat, as a believer, never be quick to condemn anyone. Rather, when you see anyone in error, do your best to, to correct, not with a condemning attitude, with a superior tone, with a, 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 I can't do it attitude. No, let's not fall into that trap. For it's dangerous. Why? Two things. One, the love of God in us makes us never to rejoice when men sin. First Corinthians, first Corinthians, let's turn tonight. And then I'll close here this evening. First Corinthians 13. Let's read from verse, from verse four. Love suffers long against someone else. And love is kind. Love envieth not. Love does not vaunt itself. Love does not puff up. Love does not behave itself unseemingly. 
Love does not seek her own. Love is not easily provoked. Love thinketh no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Now hold on here. Because of love, we don't, we don't, you know, we don't hack people down. We don't condemn people. We don't look at ourselves as superior, but we see ourselves as servants of Christ. Because with this attitude, you will protect yourself. You will keep yourself in the love of God. And the mercy of God shall prevail over you. He says to the merciful and what? Merciful. So in your judgments, be full of kindness and mercy when you are when when when, when it comes to addressing other believers, so many even non-believers. Because this is the problem of man. Before you condemn your brother as take off the log in your eyes. Most times when you see something you think is a speck on what else's eyes, there are heavy chances that there's a log over your own eyes. So pay more attention to, to yourself than to others. Point number two, why this is key. Galatians chapter six. I read verse one and two. Now, these teachings are given to us to guide us as a church that we might know the spiritual principle of being built up and being established in the work of God. I read verse 1 as I close tonight. And this is verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, that means if a man sin or do something wrong, ye which are spiritual... Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. That means you are not beyond the problem that person is going through. So don't address it as though we have overcome, but do it with what? With meekness, lest yourself fall into the same trap. That means every time you mock a person in their frailty, you are opening yourself to the same problem according to the scriptures. Every time you don't take the path of God in, in being merciful, in being kind, and take a part of yourself in being vindictive and being oppressive, you are opening up yourself for Satan's attacks. So as a church, we hold on one another. We bear one another's burdens. That's verse two. And in so doing, we fulfill. What burden? 
the body of shortcomings, the body of transgression and, and sins. We bear up, we support, we encourage, we pray for one another. We don't criticize, we don't backbite, we don't talk about it. Ada sister, have you seen her? She's no, 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 no. We come together to build up ourselves because we have a common enemy that we must fight. So let what Christ has demolished remain demolished. But by divine revelation, we come out and snap out of the things that Satan is trying to do that we might know the will of God and have it and body fulfill it. So let no bitterness, let no offense rise in you. You see, if we will go far as a church, this must be so strong in us. This must be entrenched. We must practice it. So the men tonight, we must bear ourselves up. Let there be no division. Because we have to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. But these are the little foxes. And you can see, it's the same problem you find in Corinth. You find, you find in Rome. You find in Colossae. You find in 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 in, in Galatia. You find in in Philippine. You find you find you find you find you find in Ephesus. It's the same thing, and because of the flesh, the tendencies are there. But you must consciously kill it, and says no, I will not yield my members to Satan to sin, but rather I will yield it to the Lord for righteousness. For if I live in the Spirit. I will also learn to work in the spirit. This is 5.25. If we live in the spirit, let us also work in the spirit. Amen tonight. I want to say this fact. So we understand where Paul is going and the, and, the, and the weight of this thought in his heart. For this is where he's actually going to establish this truth and open our eyes to see the greater picture. So every time you feel that thought, or you feel a sense of entitlement and you start wanting to fight, you want to cause division, you want to cause, you know, make, just start knowing that Satan is at where, at the corner. What do you do? Shoot him down. Shoot down that thought that the work of the Lord might progress and be fulfilled in us. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this exposition of your work. But we know that the flesh of man is so weak. And man easily will yield to the flesh than the spirit. For this too, the strife. But Lord, help us as we yield ourselves. That we might yield more to the spirit's leading. Lord, we pray tonight that rather than envy, let it be love. Rather than strife and division, let it be peace and joy. Let the heart of Christ, let the mind of Christ and the disposition of the spirit gain ascendancy over our flesh. We declare we have victory over the flesh. We subdue the flesh. We master the flesh and we grow in the spirit. We work more in love. We work more in joy. We work more in peace. 
walk more in faith in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we're able to fulfill your purpose for the church in defeating Satan and locking him out of our midst. That your will given to us as a church will be fulfilled in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father God. We praise you, God. Lord, tonight I pray, oh God, that your people be strengthened to act on this word, to kill everything about the flesh, that your spirit may be glorified and be exerted in, in us. These are many more we pray tonight, Lord, through the precious name of your only son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And we all said, Amen. First comment tonight, I believe you've learned something that I have. You know, I keep, I, I, that's why I love God's word. It, it comes to open us up, to show us the mystery, because there are more deeper depth of God's wisdom will be seen as, as we make progress. But these things need to be understood. So when those teaching comes, it will, it will have a proper foundation to sit on and rest on that my all profit in the word of God. See you again on Thursday by the grace of God. Remain blessed and stay victorious, for the Lord is with you. It's your glory, and it lifts your head. Good night. And God bless you all. Amen.